I'm John Perry. I'm Ted Cupper. And this is Constellation, making the graphic novel. Join us as we build an original science fiction world. Okay, welcome back, everybody. How are you doing today, John? I'm good, and uh, we're just going to get right to it today. Uh, We don't really have any media club stuff that's pressing, and uh, we're starting to to want to push things forward, get to our get to our plot over the next few episodes. So we're going to try to tie up the uh, the cultural stuff. And today's topic is infrastructure. Yeah, and which is like the, kind of a catch-all topic. So what do we mean by that, John? We mean public worlds that have been set up to solve problems that are widely used. And this is important because we want to come away from this episode with a list of these, you know, somewhere anywhere from three to 10, say, uh, infrastructure worlds that that handle common everyday things that can be just part of the backdrop of our story. Right. And these are consequences of sort of the way we've set things up, right? And we've been talking all throughout the episode so far about different kinds of infrastructure worlds that might get built uh, because, you know, people want to communicate between worlds, but you can't, or because people, uh, you know, already are brought the concept of money in from the old world and, you know, now they're going to recreate that in this world. These are things that are not built by the simulators. They are enabled by the basic rules and then human beings would sort of innovate them on top, uh, like you said, to solve problems or to recreate a version of an institution that had been, you know, in the past. So we wanted to just basically go through what are the kinds of infrastructure that would get set up and then make some choices about what, you know, where actually are we at? Like, how long has it been and what has actually been innovated at this time? Because I think that's a big part of it. Some of this stuff will come eventually, but will it have come in time for us to discuss it? And I I wonder if maybe like the most analogous things uh, in our world are things like uh, Wikipedia, maybe? Sure. Um, Because we're not talking about, like, we're going to make references to things like the post office and stuff, but... That's all set up by government, and you know, government has sort of a strange role in the constellation, right? It operates pretty strongly at a uh, world level, but it's very hard for it to span across worlds. Um, you know, so we're thinking right. that these are more like they were independently started up, but they're started up with some aim at the public good. They're not really for profit. Um, so again, yeah, Wikipedia is a good example. Uh, maybe maybe something like a Craigslist, right? Um, like just a widely used uh, uh, publicly facing service, uh, but that was set up by individuals, right? Right, right. I think, yeah, the constellation is just more like the internet than like the old world in its, you know, limits and lack of limits. So, right. I think the the best way to think of one of these infrastructure worlds is as sort of like a uh, internet site that provides some kind of service like uh, Gmail or like Wikipedia, like you said. Um, or, you know, I think with, uh, some of them, they'll be a little bit more analogous to a government service or like a company, like a big utility company or something like that in our world. But that's just because of the different ways that the, you know, that our world works versus, uh, versus the constellation. So all that stuff, if it operates at a larger level than the world level, it has to be, uh, one of these sort of, you know, private institutions that operates at least uh, ostensibly in the public good, if not literally, um, in order to sort of gain and keep people's trust. 
Uh, right, and they have yeah. to be kind of free and open uh, to get wide adoption, which is, I think, almost all these things we talk about uh, function best when a lot of people use them, right? And that's what kind of makes them infrastructure right. and, well, and I think niche services. Yeah, and we're not going to talk today about all the private, like, you know, subsystems that might exist for some small group of people within that's too big a topic we're we're just looking at what are the ones that are big and widely adopted and popular so all of those would necessarily be uh you know fairly open access if not completely open so we got four categories of these yeah let's jump into that um i'm thinking maybe let's start with what i think might be the easiest i could be wrong about that of course okay uh, which is, uh, which is communication. Okay. Um, and we've referenced this before that we've called it a post office world. It's maybe also kind of a message board or an answering machine for people. Uh, do you want to explain this concept, Ted, basically how this would work? Yeah. So, all right. So because the, there is basically no interworld communication, if you want to send somebody, uh, an email or leave them a voicemail or, um, you know, put a note on their door or whatever, and be sure that they'll see it and you guys are not on the same world, uh, then you would want for there to be this mailbox world that you could jump to. You could say, uh, oh, I want to leave John Perry a message and uh, here's his unique username or whatever it is that uh, IDs him. And then very easily, without wasting a lot of time, you'd be able to leave that message and then leave the world. And whenever uh, John was done with uh, whatever it was he was doing, he would want to check his messages. So much like we glance at our phone screen uh, a million times a day, people would pop in and check their messages again very easily and quickly, um, uh, several times, maybe throughout the day even. Uh, and, and in that way, you would be able to get something like interworld email uh, without ever having to send data from one world to another. And I, you know, you don't strictly need this, right? Because you could set up your home world as a place to receive messages, right? You could have a standard entrance contract that lets people into your lobby and lets them leave notes for you there. Right. Um, there, there's no reason you couldn't do that. And I s expect that's what some people will still do. And maybe that was the norm for much of the early days of the Constellation. But the some of the advantages, I think, to having... Uh, these like central messaging worlds um, are one we talked to you know last episode about all the labor involved with actually getting the exec to do what you want so you know if you had some of your best engineers sort of setting up the best messaging service it might have some pretty good features for you know uh, recording and sending uh, different types of like video or like experience clips to people and and organizing and sorting your your previous messages right and all this sort of like you know useful uh, software type stuff that you know anyone could do on their home world if they know how to like sit there with the exec and talk through the instructions to set it up but this place has got a team of engineers probably setting up uh, you know, the, the most uh, best possible interface, right, for, for handling all kinds of messages. So I think that's one of the big advantages. Right. Um, the other big advantage is that if someone doesn't know how to find you, this may be where they leave stuff for you. Um, right, because you may not want your home world to be public, right? So, I mean, of course, you can set up a lobby and, you know, maybe people have really uh, low privileges there and it's not dangerous but some people might just you know not want to get the door knockers want to be unlisted or only have their friends know where they are 
And so all of those people would be, you know, desiring using this communication middleman. Um, plus, like you said, there could be features that, um, uh, you know, one feature that pops into mind right away is group conversations, right? I mean, this is a bane of our existence now, because if your group conversation is not all in the same compatible technology, sometimes some things don't work. Um, now that is going to be much more exacerbated when there's no interworld communication. So if there's anybody in your potential group that, uh, doesn't have their lobby set up, then, you know, this is going to be the only way to make it work. And even if everybody has it set up, you don't want to have to individually go to 25 people's lobbies. Oh to leave yeah. The same you message. want to message multiple people. Yeah. Cause yeah, you can yeah. copy paste inside this uh, message world, which exactly. you can't do across worlds. That's a good point. Exactly. And not just copy paste, but you can CC, right? I mean, you can, well, that's what, that's essentially a copy. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So you can like, uh, you can have groups set up, you know, I mean, I'm just thinking like, this is like how a decent email program works now where you know your family is one group and your close friends is one group etc and you can um be in a conversation with all of those people easily without you know the complexity of going to each person's uh yeah home lobby. i i hadn't thought through that but yeah the ability to carbon copy is so essential and basically impossible unless you do it this way uh i mean you know unless you want to spend a, like you said a lot of time going to 20 different worlds i can imagine the way that people might like innovate a solution where yeah maybe they sort of i don't know the, it, it, it does seem like there might be some way to innovate a solution but uh this seems like a better a simpler solution than than any kind of round robin type idea i can imagine where people are sort of passing the note on to each other or something or where the, the note contains its own pass on information or something like that Okay, so I'm sold on the idea that this needs to exist and would exist, right? I think, yeah, partially because we're saying that the constellation exists after, you know, the present day. So since people would be coming from a world with, with email, I think you'd pretty quickly realize, oh, we need some kind of interplanetary email, and you would start to build that out. Now, the question is, how many, uh, you know messaging worlds are there um I, I you know today we have different email services but email can sort of interoperate with itself uh well we services. also have non-email message services that are all siloed right i mean facebook instagram whatsapp very true etc et right? et and those exist in parallel and people seem to put up with that i mean it's just or that's just how you know i have to you know we all have like four or five places at least we can check messages on right <laughs> so. and then well and then we have unifying aspects too like because all of those messages pretty much come through our phones now um so in a way all messages are just phone messages to us but in another really important way they're actually all siloed so it's like hard to search it's hard to cross check them it's hard to get everybody in a group message that you want to um which i think militates over time toward fewer larger oh yeah communication systems and then like a long tail of small ones that subgroups use for their sub in subgroup activity but that oh they, like forums yeah essentially yeah. yeah 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 or just or facebook groups or you know whatever or like uh you know some people are really active on you know some of these uh on Bandcamp or on you know like on these like niche websites that have uh um an activity or an interest associated with them. 
Um, I think there'd be a lot of niche communication like that, but I think anybody who's on that world would also be on big email world because they would want to also communicate with people who are not in their subgroup, at least some of the time. So the the little niche, you know, forums and stuff, that's going to exist. Let's sort of stipulate that, but set that aside as like not infrastructure related. As far as like right. the big centralized email worlds, uh, I think the pressure to only have one is e- way even stronger than it is in this world. So I just... Like I, for me, the question is like, if for our story at purposes, are there one or is there two? I, I like, I can't really see three happening. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, I think that's right. Either we represent a world where uh, a Gmail type service has just one completely uh, because it's just better than the other ones. And there's so much value in being in the same one with everybody else. Um, or, or we maybe have a Coke and Pepsi world where like two got where basically one got established early and then it got out competed, but it couldn't be completely beat because the network effects were too strong is sort of my imagination of sort of how that works. So you've got like a sort of like sort of better one. That's maybe like the one that's growing. And then you have like a sort of more of a dinosaur one that's holding steady with its high numbers. And the main draw is the high numbers and maybe there's like a governance crisis in that one where like they'd like to make it better, but they can't figure out how to do it without, you know, screwing something up or something. And they're sort of stuck there. And I could see an equilibrium like that. Like both of those feel plausible to me. And I guess the question is, you know, I mean, stories often simplify like all of capitalism down to one company. I think we can, <laughs> I think we can get. Hey, we did that with uh, PrefTech. <laughs> All yeah. that was a gradual well, I thing. Mean, we yeah. do have other companies in the comic. Like we're talking about our last comic. Like yeah, go. in like oh, like uh, you know, their BioStar does exist and stuff like that. Although there's a kind of but impl- they get eaten over implication. The they all get bought, bought up. <laughs> yeah. Again. Um, so, right. I mean, we combined all of like technology into basically pref tech, right? It's like, it's sort of Amazon and it's sort of Facebook and sort of Google. It's sort of everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. know. I think I'm pretty much leaning toward a single world, but I, I do think like, it might be funny if like in our story, there is only one communication world we ever see, but then everybody's always talking shit about this other one or something, you know, like there's like a, a Pepsi world that we never see that is like the other big, you know, the other big email client and everyone just talks shit about it, but we never see it or something like that. If we wanted to yeah. like, try to just make the world a little deeper there, then that's a way to do that maybe. Well, cause I think there's um, a distinction between like what, what is in our world versus what are we going to focus our lens on? And I think like we should focus on the first question for now. Right. If we have the Coke Pepsi thing, which is I think moderately more interesting, we don't have to use it, right? It might just be like, like like you said, one line of dialogue where someone's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta make a, a Pepsi right. account. So right. My, my grandmother's on Pepsi mail and that's, so I have to go there once a week. It's so stupid or something, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm kind of leaning to saying like, you know, let's have the, the sort of like Coke Pepsi thing. Okay. Um, let's have two, but like one that's slightly more dominant and we're probably going to focus on the one. And for most readers of the comic book, um, it, you know, they may only see the Coke messaging. Like it's fun. To, um, yeah. 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 It's functionally like, like there's just the one. And then maybe we make a joke about how there's like some other one that, that is aging or that is somehow not as good as the other one 
I mean, we also got to remember too that like the entire, you know, constellation, uh, like it, it encompasses like all of the world's population too. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this is something we're going to probably have to talk more about. But I mean, for practical purposes, we're probably going to focus on like the English-speaking part of the constellation, for example, since we're going to tell our colleagues like in English, and that's just convenient. That, but then there's this, you know, all of Asia has been scanned, Correct. right? So, uh, like, maybe they're all using a different uh, messaging service, right? I mean, there's there's room for a lot, maybe, that um, sort of... And that's one of the things, I guess, like... Well, and it, the it, translation aspect of it, as we discussed, is potentially moot, right? Because the, the exec can probably be told to just translate for you, right? Uh, but... I forget what we decided about that, but I, I I think that's not possible. I think it, we decided that it has, uh, it does have like a translation because it talks to you in your language. So it's gotta have some kind of language understanding. Um, so I think the translation aspect is, is maybe moot, but the cultural aspect is very real. I still think the inertia, right. Yeah. Of having been, you know, like across the, on the opposite sides of the globe from somebody, mm-hmm. like even if you can technically communicate through language, like there's such cultural disparities going in yeah. that you might just exist in different, uh, you know, uh, contexts entirely. Sure. And, and oh, and again, worlds. since this is like post-internet that all this happens, like they have 20 or 30 years of their own internet sites, you know, that they're used to uh, in say China specifically, I'm just thinking of China because they have a big internet economy there. Um, so they have Tencent and Baidu and uh, you know, they have all of their, their own websites, Weibo. And so they might be more inclined to build infrastructure. That's more familiar to them, you know, that, that works more the way that stuff works and less the way our stuff works. Um, and maybe that's, maybe that's even the history of like, maybe the reason you have Coke Pepsi is because you have like a sort of Asian focused messaging app that has a really different philosophy than the, uh, sort of Western focused, uh, messaging app that takes the other half of the market or something. Um, or maybe those differences melt away and pretty quickly you have like a sort of global urban culture that true agglomes together and that, you know, the people who come from London and the people who come from Tokyo turn out to be more similar to each other than all the people of all the rural areas of the world, um, who end up in like smaller worlds, more organized around rural principles. And, uh, maybe lots and lots of people end up in, you know, sort of pan cultural human cities, uh, that might be uh, too utopian of a vision, but I like it as I'm saying. <laughs> it, it, it could be, it could be. And, and like, you know, we're touching maybe, on, maybe that's not realistic, but I think it's cool. I don't know. <laughs> and, and here we're, we're, we're uh, touching on some like bigger issues, but we'll come back to, but yeah, for now I'm going to say two sort of post office or messaging worlds exist, but one is more dominant in our story. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Uh, so we've got three other, categories that we want to go through yeah um we want to go next well since we talked about it so much already should we just deal with money um i think that's the most obvious one of these and we have discussed it on the show already so yeah let's let's go there i mean and i want to make this a little bit bigger than just money to say like also marketplaces right any kind Uh, of market any kind of like market world uh whether it is literally the money repository or or not is 
Because naturally, uh, you know, this is a world where there's total abundance, where like if you want something that somebody else has, all they have to do is sort of tell you how to get it and you can have it made for you yourself, right? And they can pretty costlessly make you one as well. Um, so exactly what it is that, uh, that there are markets for and that money is used for, you know, like we've been talking about, is, is quite different from, uh, from now. Yeah, well, in the last episode, we talked about all kinds of, uh, you know, labor Jobs, you might need to services, hire people yeah. to do, mm-hmm. right? Which in- involve, you know, either sort of being a moderator and sort of like helping a, or an actor helping a world function on the fly mm-hmm. or like pre or designing stuff uh, for worlds, right? Like people who can talk to the exec well. So like right. you might need to hire either one of those job categories, right? That's one of the reasons you'd go to a marketplace or need money. Right. Uh, but also just straight up information, uh, access to private libraries, private worlds, private stores of information. I mean, all these things that we've talked about, right? So, and it makes sense to me that there would be, this is another place where it's like, you really kind of have to have one, or at least like the, it strongly militates towards having one or maybe two, um, in terms of the currency, especially, um, Right. Well, yeah, we, this has come up on the podcast before and it's like, it, you know, in the absence of a strong government or something like that, just by fiat declaring what the currency is going to be. Um, and of course we can see this in the like crypto market. Uh, there's going to be both a lot of upstarts and an extremely high barrier to adoption. Right. So there's a massive first mover advantage here and there's a massive, massive network effect um, situation where, like, yeah, the bigger you are, the more likely you are to get bigger, and the biggest one will eventually just win um, because the hardest thing for a new money without fiat to engender is trust in its longevity, and its, you know, sheer size is going to be the best way to create that. Well, it's just never going to reach the level that a currency reaches inside of, uh, you know, a, a national uh, government, you know, borders, you know, where they, you know, you have to have that currency to pay taxes and so on. Like, right, right. Like, it's it's never going to be that, uh, like, it's always going to be, well, in there's always going to be people who can, can just casually say, like, oh, I don't accept that coin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. There's always going to be people who can kind of opt out of this system. Right. But... That doesn't mean that it won't be broadly used by many people for convenience sake. Right, right, right. There's so much desire for there to be non-barter trade. And because inter- inter-world communication is so tough, barters will be really hard to enforce and keep track of across worlds. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of reason to have money. And I think for me, what I've been thinking about with regard to money is not so much do we have it or not, because I think we absolutely do, but how far along is it? And I think this is really a function of our ultimate timeline call. So we've been talking about a 50 to 100 year time since the scanning. We haven't settled on an exact amount of years. And this is one of the things I think is really affected by that, because like, all right, let's say you scanned everybody into the constellation tomorrow and some budding Satoshi started the first, you know, constellation type Bitcoin or whatever uh, world on the next day. I think that's 
possible um, because we have crypto and stuff now. So there'd be some theories of this already floating around. Um, it's still going to take a long time of that, you know, being a highly speculative sort of useless thing before it is adopted enough that it could become anything like a stable currency. So I guess I think we have a few different options. We can have a world that doesn't have money yet, which I don't think we should do. We could have a world that has a settled money that, you know, is basically operates the way our fiat currency operates now because it's been around for a long time. And if it's been a hundred years, I actually would buy that. But I think what I find most interesting is sort of the third option, which is there is a money that will eventually win and be useful, but this, that fight is not over and it is currently in a sort of flux period in which this, the culture at large is not sure whether it will work, you know, um, in which it's a, it's speculative and it wildly changes in value from day to day and there are runs on it and there are mass adoptions of it as sort of, you know, the wider constellation works out this question of like, how are we going to handle interworld money? So I like that choice, the third way. And I think um, for me, it's helpful to sort of game out how it, how it emerged. And sure. um, we, we've talked about many stories for this, but the one that I'm leaning towards that makes the most sense to me. And the reason I wanted to tie this to marketplaces mm -hmm. is that I kind of imagine the way this begins is, someone starts something that's more like a marketplace or even a Craigslist type thing, right? It's like, it's a world that's, you know, imagine like a, like an outdoor bazaar with, you know, an endless sea of, of booths, right? That you can set up. Yeah, and then, flea you market. Know, some sort of, yeah, yeah. some sort of search system where you can, you know, maybe teleport directly to the booth you're looking for. Sure. But you can also just wander the booths, right? It feels like a cool visual. Yeah. Um, and, you know, th there would be a need for this because, you know, people like, I need help building a world that does this, and I don't know how to talk to the exec to get it to do that. Or I need an actor to play this role for my for my world. And so you go here looking for those people. Mm -hmm. And they're bartering at first. But then, you know, it very since they're all going to this one world to do that, it suddenly becomes very easy to just have a credit system set up inside that world to facilitate the people that are right. that are going there sure um and i think that is like maybe where it starts to take hold now that doesn't necessarily bring more people in and i suspect the way you might do that is sort of like what i was said in a previous episode which is that if you when you sign up for an account they immediately put 10 coins in it uh a sign up bonus yeah, and that's that's a one-time thing. So sure. it's not, you know, yeah, it's not going to endlessly inflate the currency. Mm -hmm. Um but it is like a an incentive to go go join. Um Now, I don't know how they like verify that you don't like sign up twice. I guess if you sign up like two, three times or something, I'm sure there's that's a problem they could solve. But um but yeah, uh that makes sense and so maybe we're at a point in a story where like they've they've unrolled that uh, or unveiled that part of it, right? Where they're, you know, trying to, to give people the sign up bonus to join, to like really expand the currency. Um, and it might be one of those things too, where if you like sign up other people, like you get a bonus, right? Oh, like a little, um, uh, sort of pyramid scheme, multi-level marketing kind of 
thing to it. <laughs> yeah, or maybe it's more. Maybe or it's like not quite program. <laughs> like that. But maybe it's like, well, if you know, if you care about, if I care, let's say I care about these coins and yeah. you don't, right? I might be like, you know, like Ted, you should like if you don't care about the coins, that's fine. But will you just like make an account so like and send me those coins because I really care about them, right? And like I keep nagging you about this, and you're like, all right, fine, I'll make an account and send you the coins. It takes two seconds, right? Um, but then like a hundred years later when I'm somewhere and I'm like, Oh, I do have an account with them, you know? And then I, now I'm a user <laughs> and you're like, Oh, I don't have, I'm, I, why did I give those coins away? Yeah. Uh, now I want them. Uh, so I don't know. Does that make sense as like, like a sort of a way that, I mean, and uh, yeah, I like the idea like- that it evolves from a credit system. I think that's cool. I think, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure about the sign up bonus, but yeah, sure. That, that makes sense. That's something they might do to try to, um, encourage people. I think the other sort of problem they'd have to solve is the trust problem. And I think to me, what pops into my mind is kind of cool is like a stunt that is done. For example, like the admin of this world of the Craig, if this is a Craigslist, um, maybe at a certain point when it's at a certain size, uh, publicly and, uh, you know, with fanfare, like deletes the key to delete the world or rescinds his own adminship even of the world or something and like by doing that lets everybody know that this is you know a a system that's going to last indefinitely um and maybe helps uh build trust to emerge you know to uh uh, adopt it why i think that's cool i i don't know how you stage that in a way that like couldn't have been faked uh well i think you just have to um you'd have to demonstrate you know, you'd have to like demonstrate calling up the exec and telling you to delete the world and nothing happening, right? I mean, you'd have to like do the thing that would normally. I think there's got to be a way to stage it. I mean, yeah, what's well, interesting? So, like, um, right, because the exec is always listening, right? Like, unless tell you like give it. Um... Well, okay, so everyone, or actually, everyone has their own exec, right? So, um, that only they can hear, right? Yeah, but so, at this point, worlds would have been deleted, so people would know what it, like, you know, what that's like. Right, but if I say, like, like the, I'm only talking to my exec when I, you know, put my thumb and index finger together in a circle, right? right? That's, that's the rule I've set up. Right. But, uh... No one else knows that, so I don't do that, and I just fake, I say, like, exec, like, delete the world. Yeah, but everybody knows that you can fake that, so you have to prove that the exec's really listening to you, right? I mean... How do you do that? By executing a command that is allowed. Right. I just, it does seem like a little bit of a challenge. Like, I feel like there would still be... I mean, and this isn't, like that different from anything today like there'd still be a lot of room for doubt well and i think room for doubt's okay i mean i think it i think it makes sense if there is some kind of public demonstration to sort of back up the claim and then uh after that uh there is some lingering doubt and that's part of i mean i think it's interesting if some people won't take this coin because they think the whole thing is you know some kind of scam he's going to get everybody to do you know all this stuff and then he's gonna whatever delete the world or lock it or change the rules on us or whatever it is that people think he's gonna do um and they have to try to convince people otherwise um 
in order to keep them happy. Yeah, I think that I think that would be I think that would be important. I think that's an important third third ingredient. It could also be um, that it is a scam, by the way. It is really a scam and in fact the staging is just that. And they are really claim, you know, going to steal everyone's money or they're quietly siphoning money or something. They're doing something. And uh or they found a way to print money, you know, for themselves uh or something, you know. And then maybe that's a scandal and that comes out somehow. Well, the other thing is that is there some sort of like governance or voting? I mean, like the thing is like, because if you, right. you might want to permanently yeah. give up some things like, oh, right. we, we can never delete it, right? That's an easy no brainer. Like, like we're not going to probably wake up tomorrow and wish we could delete it. Right. Uh, but like you have to leave some levers to control the currency probably in case problems arise. You can't just like lock your, like freeze the rules in one way and like lock yourself out completely. <laughs> well, you might be but able could... to, that's kind of an interesting idea, but I like the idea that, yeah, there are some things that are still plastic and that those are given to some council of, of directors or something like that, which is maybe elected from the people who use the service or who knows. I mean, yeah, that's the other way you build trust, right? Is right. like you, yeah, you have a, through a governance sort of structure, basically governance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it would have to be in the money world. So people who wanted to be part of the, you know, uh, the sort of reserve bank board or whatever, you know, the equivalent thing is would have to, you know, spend a certain amount of their time on the money world, uh, which is probably not the most fun world, um, being, you know, bank ministers. So again, it'd be hard to find people who that's what they want to do. Um, and, and compensate you'd have to compensate them i guess but uh, oh it's like a big important high status role i'd be like it's a high the kind status of thing job a lot yeah, of yeah, people yeah. would want yeah 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 um yeah so yeah they're i i think that's right i think they they would they would be some big ceremony where they would give up like some of like the major like the most destructive rights, controls yeah. most destructive controls and mm-hmm. then they would turn the rest over to some sort of council and maybe the ordinary users can cast votes occasionally on things um or on the maybe not that may not make sense with like uh with a currency right because like um but uh but yeah there's some ability to to make changes right Mm -hmm. uh somewhat on the fly Mm -hmm. um and you know i like the idea this was sort of like slowly or like i don't know again i'm not imagining that this is somebody who woke up in the constellation was like i'm gonna build a currency for everyone in the constellation to use like i'm sure that happened i'm sure a lot of those people try to do that and failed. Right, right. I'm but imagining those people this, failed, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining this one sort of happened by accident again because they had a really popular marketplace and then like the need was there and then it kind of like grew out of it. Right. right? Well, they had the network effect first because they had people coming there for the market and then they yeah. had like the trust thing came second when they gave up the control or whatever. And then I guess the sign up bonus is the third like wheel of that where they then, you know, ag- aggressively even try to get even more people to or i guess maybe the sign up bonus was how they promoted the original market you know maybe they were giving people the free coins in order to go spend in the barter system to start try to juice their barter system and then that ended up creating you know excess liquidity which then people being smart you know were like oh we can arbitrage this and use it to buy things in other worlds and once that starts to happen then it's then it's a money world you know um 
Anyway, right. That, that's well, all basically a, the same set of sequences. It's just sort of describing them differently. Yeah, but. and are there like exchanges with other currencies? Like I think we discussed ways that that could maybe happen. Um, right, and so that I, that might be part of the infrastructure that this money world builds over time. It could build up different types of exchanges and different types of automated, um, you know, uh, transactions that make your life easier. Yeah, and basically they just need like. They uh, they need employees or ministers or like maybe they're like ambassadors kind of like like they have agents in other worlds that have like major local currencies right that right. basically ank- act as like a repository for those coins right right um, right so okay so I think like there's probably just one of these worlds that matters to us right I think uh, because I think right, for I both think... simplicity and honestly plausibility I think one this is one where even if there's a fight eventually one wins and that's that and I think you know timing wise I'm not sure that we're at the point where it would actually be settled yet but simplicity wise I think we should settle it I think it should be one. yeah so there's just there's just coke there's no Pepsi but the thing about this is yeah. that there's also I think given the way we started or this there's conversation, like Bitcoin and then there's a million, you know, either coins or whatever that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> yeah. And I think this is more successful than Bitcoin, but I think there's just, right. And, and more successful as an actual currency, which Bitcoin is not very successful at. It's, uh, it's, it's Bitcoin in a world where there are no real currencies, no, yeah. no fiat currencies. So, you know, like it would be very successful in that it would be more used as a currency in that world than it is now. But I do think it should have some speculative edge to it. Some like instability because, Oh, it depends there, how many years we go, but there's skepticism. There's skepticism yeah, of it still. I still. think it's what we want. Like yeah. not everybody is going to take this coin. Not everybody uses it. Not everybody has an account. Cause they're like, I don't know. That and if like, like a, a big world idea. starts taking it, that wasn't taking it, it might jump in value one day or, the opposite happens it could tank you know is the big trust stunt that's in the past that's before our story starts you think uh again that i i'm not 100 percent sure on that i think it depends on how long we're talking about but yeah i think tentatively yes i'd say yes so let's say this if you bring up um you know super coin or whatever it's called uh then uh then everyone knows what you're talking coin about. Coin installation? Coin installation? Oh god. Uh maybe. I mean, we got to figure out where like do, do where does the name constellation even come from? So it's like I don't know if that's just a name we're using or if that's actually uh, Is it the colloquial the name in the world? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I I never decided yeah. that in my head. Yeah. yeah. Um but but if I if I bring up this coin in most circles, people at least know what I mean. Everyone's aware that this thing exists. It just doesn't right. have universal like right. buy-in yet. Yeah. Right? Oh, Maybe that describes where yeah, we're at. Yeah, that SimCoin thing's a scam, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what some people say, and a lot of people are like, I, I, I kind of like SimCoin. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so we have... All right. Uh, we have SimCoin, but there's still s- skepticism. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's move on uh, to... Uh, what I think is a bigger category okay. might make it trickier, uh, which is like lists and information. Uh, right. I want to call this category libraries. I know that that maybe makes it sound more narrow than it is, but I think it's all kinds of information repositories, right? Yeah. It includes a public library, but it would also include, a, you know, a Wikipedia type 
place uh, or a direct a phone directory or a curated list of something that's made public and widely used. Yeah, um, but it's just basically lots of what you want in this universe is information. You want something, information about the past, information about another world that's going on, information about people, and anything that can collect information and make it uh, legible to people through search or through study or through inquiry, um, you know, I, all of those things sort of count, I think, under this category. And there would be, I would think that this, there would be a couple of Wikipedia type things that, you know, are the first go-to resource for like background on anything. But then I think there would also be like a giant diversity of, um, more niche repositories of information of various kinds. I think that's right. And I think like we talked about with the forums and message boards, let's like sort of set the niche stuff as outside of the scope of this particular podcast. Since that doesn't feel like infrastructure, unless it's like a, a collection of niches, right? Unless it's like a, yeah, a forum I guess, of forums, I mean, like a Reddit. There's private stuff too, which I'm even excluding in what I'm thinking of. Right. Like, but there would even just be, I think, a lot of small public niche libraries and things. Um, but uh, yeah, okay, we can exclude those for now and just talk about what are the big public ones that everybody knows about. Um, the Wikipedias. I mean, I think something that replaces Wikipedia and public libraries could be one big thing, you know, just like a... Um, well, and something I would say about this written is that information repository, all the books, basically, is that uh, remember that all of the pre-transition data is was scanned and made searchable and public. So, for pre-transition information, arguably, there's not so much need. I mean, there's still some curating and organizing that you can do of that stuff, and I'm sure that's going on. Right. But I think like the mo the biggest value to a library like this is that it has all of the new constellation specific knowledge. It has the record of what's happened in the last hundred years. Sure. Uh, it has uh, the latest, maybe not the most cutting edge because it's a public library, but it has like, you know, like the current, you know, common sense knowledge about contracts and instructions for the exec and things like that are all would that like that's the kind of knowledge we're talking about right like if you wanted just you know information on the the ancient aztecs or something right, right you've already got that right in your exec well and the other so. thing that this does is it enables interworld publishing right because otherwise all publishing is local to the world it's created in hmm right well maybe that's a different that almost feels like uh, something i didn't think of that but that maybe is so if this is collecting if this is collecting information from around the constellation, then uh, it's gonna have to um, copy that information fairly painstakingly <laughs> um, into the library world, or it's gonna have to be such that people you know create the publishing in the first place in the library world, which is I think what people would do. And then you go to the library world to, to read it. Right, right. So it is kind of like people, you know, for lack of a better term, like they can blog there and, and write 
articles, but then uh, but I mean, I, Wikipedia, I, like I, multiple people work on the same articles, but I think like there's a need for both, right? There's a right, need right, for... Right. Yeah, you would definitely have the collaborative parts of it. And then I think you would have something that replaces like what we call books, you know, long form writing um, categorized by author, you know, um, uh, where it's not collaborative, where it's like, you know, you finish something and you turn it in. Um, I think a significant number of people would choose to, uh, compose and publish their material in a library world because it would probably get a wider audience than if they did it in their home world. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I wonder, so, and those are sort of distinct, like a publishing platform. I mean, I, I see where they overlap. Uh, the same way that like sort of a marketplace and a currency overlap, right? right? So do you think that's like a pairing, like a natural pairing then basically like those things are probably the same world where you like publish stuff, but also like have the wiki? Yeah, like I could definitely imagine those things starting separately, but there'd be pressure for that to be all one thing because you would want to centralize as much of this information as possible in order for um, it to be maximally searchable and recombinable. Um, and then, you know, anybody who's sitting in the library writing a book, um, which would be a lot of people at any given time, would also want access to, you know, the best reference material. So then they would probably be willing to contribute to a group reference project like Wikipedia, mm. right? Um, and you could even set it up so that you know, contributors to the group reference project have, you know, special privileges in the world and can kind of pop in and out from anywhere and can, you know, have whatever, whatever it is that they require, make it easier for them. But yeah, I, I don't know. It does seem like it might all evolve from a single place that's sort of purpose is to collect as much of the information that's been produced in the constellation as possible in one you know, uh, searchable indexed right. location. The network effects though, don't feel as strong to me here though. Like I feel like, there no, would, I don't think it's cause of network effects. Yeah. No, I agree. There would be a lot more, there would be potentially a lot more of these worlds that are trying to be different kinds of libraries. So I, yeah, I could sure. imagine some that are focused more on, you know, publishing, uh and new like works right like that are authored and others that are more on like collaborative uh wiki style encyclopedia entries and some that are like a hybrid and some that have different philosophies like i imagine there'd be a few different like library worlds um i mean again maybe for simplicity we want to have one major one but there definitely would be a lot of value to being the biggest one though right because a lot of people would want their work in that one specifically and since it's relatively hard to move large work around it there'd be a um incentive to to create it there but it's relatively easy also to go as a as a reader to like like yeah yeah that's true to go to other open libraries yeah and you can jump between them relatively easily um although bringing your notes with you is you know again somewhat challenging um, well, the interesting thing is that they'd all have like reading rooms, right? Like, uh, sure. yeah, I mean, they'd have whole uh, work. I mean, you'd want to be able to do research in these places. So you'd probably anybody there would be able to get like a private room. But I mean, like, even you know. if I want to read a novel, like I've got to read it there. Yeah. 
So I want to have like a comfortable space to do that in. And I mean, even your notes that you're taking, you have to leave there in that world. So, you know, you really have to do your actual writing even there for a lot of types of projects. Well, that's if you're creating. I guess I'm thinking from the perspective of a, of a consumer of information. Right, right. right. But if um, you're just trying to learn stuff, then yeah, you just stay there and read until you're done reading. Yeah. Like there's not strong network effects for the consumers of it, I guess. So yeah, for the creators, yeah, like once you start working on something in one place, it's, yeah, if you're it's really doing like a move. research heavy thing, yeah. I mean, this is like, this is not all work really falls into this category, right? But if you're like really doing something where it's like, I'm going to be drawing on a lot of source material and I will need to like easily check it and like make notes on it, then your like initial choice of like where to set up shop is kind of an important one, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, right. You might need to be in this world in order to do the work you're doing basically. And, you know, they can make it easier or hard to sort of have... Um, I think they'd make it fairly easy, but you know, your own office, your own, you know, equipment, I don't know what it is that you're doing, but maybe you're doing, you know, some fairly complicated research where you need to keep track of a lot of different sources and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because like all of these things, ultimately it's, you know, going back to even the, the messaging world, like be nice if your messaging world was combined with your library world because then you could easily send like book excerpts back and forth right there's so much well um, but then once you start to talk about that then you're basically talking about like militating toward just living in one of the larger worlds and not going interplanetary which i do think a lot of people would do but i think it's important to discuss that like i think i i've said this before but i think like the long-term trend in our constellation the way we've set things up is this kind of consolidation and i think I don't think we want to be at that end point when we tell our story, but I think I think that is probably where it is going, mm-hmm. and I think people might be aware that that's where it is going. Yeah, they'll maybe, feel, that, feel that pressure even if they're not yet doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I think it takes a long time for, you know something to swallow everything up but i so i don't think that process is done well yeah, there I, are I, some counter pressures because it is easy to start new gardens and because the yeah you know there can be governance issues in a large garden and things like that so I, there are those other pressures and one of the things that's cool about the constellation is that uh despite the network effects the ease of starting up a new competitor remains you know uh very high so so given that's the trajectory, like bottom line here, where are we with library worlds when our story starts? Uh, is there one major one or are there like a few? I feel like this is an area where there might be like three or four. I mean, I don't know how this is going to show up in our story, but maybe our main character needs to do research, you know, for one of the tasks that the club rep gives them. And so right. we see like a bit of a montage where they go to a few different well, I could see library the, worlds. Um the maker world that our characters starts off living on being a kind of niche library world, you know? Right. But that's not public infrastructure, right? So again, I guess that's true. That's a private one. Right. Right. So maybe he needs to jump between that and a more public, you know, library of worlds that exists. That's like, you know, all the public research about, about worlds in one place or something. Um, And I do like the idea that there's a kind of Wikipedia, like just general knowledge world that is like really dedicated to just cataloging all the general knowledge, you know? 
Um, so maybe those are two that we discuss and maybe there are a few more that are kind of in the background. Wait, that was, that was two things. So there's a general knowledge, Wikipedia world and, uh, a, um, a world of worlds, like, uh, like a world, oh, like a world, like a directory. Yeah. We hadn't really gotten to Not directory, a directory yet. uh, but like a world encyclopedia or a world almanac almanac is the word I'm looking for. Like, uh, an almanac for all of the planets of the of the constellation. Like all the information that is available on every world that exists and how many people are there and when it was created and who the admin is and all the other information about it. It's demographics. It's, uh, it's contracts, etc. Okay. I like this. So let's say, okay. So let's say there's almanac world and library world. I, let's say that there's a lot of crossover in terms of features, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they both have note keeping. They both have reading rooms. They both right. have some sort of publishing. One's focused on a subset of data is the main difference. Yeah. Well, like they started again. It's like it's like how do these things evolve, right? They one started as an almanac and one started as like a like a Wikipedia library, right? And then they built up features and they like copied each other, and now they're kind of like competing, uh, sort of walled gardens of information. They're not really walled because they're public. You can move between them, but they're like you can't. But you can't move the data between them, here. so in yeah. that sense, they are walled. <laughs> That's sort of like... <laughs> That's the wall. Our, yeah. our whole constellation is full of walled gardens. Um, every planet is sort of a walled garden by by default, and everything that we're building now is like all the small ways that they break that and sort of interconnect them, but those are limited. Um, because that's, so that's good. That's like what the definition of a world is in this, in this thing. I mean, that's just what it is. So, all right. So I like the idea of Almanac world and Wiki world and that they're sort of competing or if not exactly competing, they're like growing into each other in a way. Yeah. They're like in that process of like growing, growing together. And, and there's probably others, but I think that those two is good enough for our story background. Yeah. Um, we, again, those we might are the see ones that I would think our character might actually visit because one's like general knowledge and one's like specific about worlds, which is his obsession. Yeah. And he might visit them in like rapid succession and sure. or yeah. Um, okay. So that's now in the same category mm-hmm. really quickly. I really want to have a blacklist world. Oh yeah. Um, a blacklist meaning like a kind of retroactive punishment for crimes, right? Like if you did a crime, Either is, is this for people who did crimes in the real world or people who's done? Yeah, I guess it would be mostly, right? I think it's both. I think you cannot. But uh, there's so many fewer. Not. It's not no crime, but there's fewer crimes. I feel like in the. In the new world, I think that's right. I think there are there are, there are fewer things that we could call crimes in the constellation for sure. Although maybe they invent new categories of of crimes, right? Because well, like, you have to completely but, get rid of things like stealing because well you but you can there's definitely fraud right like but fraud trick... is definitely still a thing yeah so i i think that there's and actually you could have like someone could pay you uh you know uh sim coin and then you like don't do the job or whatever and like that's right. like like there's there's going to be new kinds of crimes and or there's the more extreme things like again our main character is trying to commit a murder so obviously that's a crime um and then there's all the old pre-transition There could be crimes. some worlds where it's not a crime, but I mean, obviously it's a moral, it's a moral transgression no matter what, but. Sure. And I think inevitably the, the people that run blacklist world will have a point of view that is biased towards whatever it is that they are biased towards. Right. But I, I, I think that, um, 
This just makes a lot of sense to me because you cannot punish crimes the normal way here. Right. Uh, so I feel like people are going to have this desire that people face consequences for things that they do. And this is like sort of their only feeble way to do it is to say like, hey, something wrong was done here. And like, let's put it down in the log, right? Well, of course, in, in uh, world, you do have ability to enforce rules. That's true. And, and, but, and, and including punishment. Uh, but there are many crimes that either could have happened before or uh, can't be punished because they they are some kind of interworld confidence scheme or something like that, uh, that this would be perfect for. And it's like federal crime versus like state crime. It's like, yeah. This yeah, is they're like... just different classes of crimes. And uh, I think that actually this, I, I like this idea. I think we should have a blacklist world. But I, I think that for me, this feels like not so much of a library and more of the fourth category of thing that we wanted to talk about, which is like things that provide reputation management or certification. Sure, that's our fourth fourth and final category. Is so like, let's like, let's introduce yeah. that category now as we talk about this because the blacklist is basically a negative reputation world, and that's what it's there for. It's there to shame people whose reputation. Um, that's fair. I could move it to that category. Has yeah. been harmed, and the opposite of that is something like a Yelp world or something, right? Like a business rating or person rating world that uh, you know aims to show how people are trustworthy and um you know if you have to hire a uh a code talker lawyer person to tell you how to talk to the exec you know here are reviews and uh certifications or whatever uh, that that person is good yeah yeah a review world uh for and yeah anyone who's and and all of this i think in this category i mean there's a distinction here right because like the the I agree that the blacklist world belongs in this category because it's reputation management. But mm -hmm. again, the, the the goal there is to sort of, you know, punish criminals. But then I think the rest of the things in this category are trying to feed into... Uh, they're acting as support for the job market, which we discussed last episode, right? Again, if you're right, hiring right, someone, right. how do you know... Uh, if you're hiring someone to, to build out uh, part of the uh, your world uh, because they claim to know, you know, how to get the exec to, you know, create like fantastic backdrops or whatever it is. Um, how do you know that they actually have the skills they say they have? Um, right. So, yes. So they could have earned a certificate at some kind of a school type world, or they could have reviews aggregated on some kind of a, a reputation management world. Um, the, the blacklist can tell you, you know, if the, person that you're about to hire is actually a criminal and you shouldn't hire them uh, or you should socially shun them. And then the reverse of that is something like a, a, like a philanthropy list or like an awards world or something that celebrates people who have, you know, rescued children from uh, their home worlds or uh, uh, did some good deed in the, the, the real earth and the pre pre-scanning times or um, something like that. Uh, so you could, you could also imagine like a sort of positive status whitelist world, you know, um, or would those be the same? Would those be sort of like a scorecard? They could I be guess the like same. It could be, it could be two sides of the same blacklist world, or maybe they're completely different organizations that have totally different goals and they actually contain some of the same people, right? <laughs> and, you know, this person was a horrible criminal and then they also did all this charity. So they have both or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, it could be. 
It could be one world. I'm into that. I mean, the whitelist thing to me doesn't seem as pra- like it seems like that would be more. Like there's definitely like as we talked about, there are going to be organizations that are that the way they make meaning for themselves in the constellation is to try to find ways, even in this abundant environment, to still do good. Sure. Uh, it doesn't seem like as well, and it's a like status. Maybe that rises uh, to the level of infrastructure. So it would, it would, uh, you know, there'd be a. I mean, look. I mean, we have so many pointless awards in our world now. I think. Pointless. Right, but I guess I don't think of that as infrastructure, right? Like, uh, like it. You know, you could have something like, um, like we had stats mm. in Let Go, and then you know, like there's. You know, people have tried to start companies like things like uh, oh, like clout know, like, or whatever. Like clout, right? Didn't yeah. really go anywhere, right? Um, there is, and maybe in the constellation, all of that makes more sense than it does in this world because it hasn't quite stuck yet. But this idea of like universal ratings for people, and maybe it's I mean, right. Was trying to well, that it. gets to this like big human question of like, can you quantify status, or does that immediately? dissolve the status you know like it, is status something that has to be sort of vaguely felt or it doesn't work because when you try to quantify it uh it looks like a, uh it looks bad and it 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 uh, define you know it um removes some of the status of the person who well even in let go our, our stats company falls apart right like it <laughs> Like it just falls out of favor. Like right. With well, the we, we started right. We started to think that over time people would not like uh, submit to that. They would stop taking it seriously, and it would go away. And the the gamification part of it would stop working. Yeah. Uh, so it seems it seems to me like a you know again you'd have like individual organizations that would like give out awards for you know so and so is did the most good in the constellation this year or something. And I, mm-hmm. Of course, there's gonna be stuff like that. That doesn't really feel like infrastructure. I and I'm I guess yeah, I'm leaning against this idea of like a truly widely adopted reputation score if it's not directly tied to sort of the the labor market where cuz again, Yelp is sticky. Things like that are just so needed. Um you know, when you're trying to hire someone and your money's right. on the line or your time is on the line. Right. And things um, like Yelp are notoriously corrupt and yet they're still super necessary and honestly valuable even despite the corruption because it's just so hard to sort through all the options and that would be even more so in you know the constellation where there's even less friction to starting a business and everything i love how every rating system it's always just like all right so it's a five star scale but like the meaningful range is four four and a half or five (laughs) right right (laughs) if something's like a four it's like wow that's bad uh it's like they always just get inflated like right it, they should you know. go like out of 10 so that they can just ignore the first five because you know like. yeah but even then it's like it's eight nine or ten right or it's like right. nine or nine point so six 10. sounds good to me a six is like better than average you know <laughs> well i guess like uh yeah i think get worse that, than average but. i think actually places on the internet where that use like a 10 point scale i feel like seven tends to be people's like cut off like sure. anything below seven they assume is bad right I think. but seven is like 
Almost 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seven feels close enough to 10 that it's like, ah, it's a seven. Yeah. Or it's like, or even if you look at like a, like a Rotten Tomatoes, although 70%, I don't know if I'd watch a 70% movie without a friend's recommendation. Well, you know what? I mean, we've talked about this before, but uh, I think this was you who told me to do this, but the, the thing that's most interesting in Rotten Tomatoes is usually the spread. Oh yeah. I love the spread. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll watch a 30 as long as it's 80 on the other side. <laughs> going either way (laughs) yeah yeah the spread between critics and audience yeah right that's the difference between the critic and audience average is i think the most interesting information on rotten tomatoes if they're the same it doesn't like it's like well okay there's just a consensus about this it might be true it might be not true but this isn't telling me anything well the same does tell it tells you something about it right like but but yeah i mean you you get a lot of information, I think, from from a low spread too. But yeah, but I think uh, yeah, high spread either way. High spread either way usually means I'll find it interesting. You know, like there's something strange going on here that people are having strong opinions about, and that's that's uh, generally a good sign for me. All right, are there any other certification or reputation things you want to talk about? You want to talk about schools? Well, we got to actually pin down. Oh, um, what do we have to pin down? Well, I want to try to like, like, what are the actual worlds we're going to have, right? So we're going to have the blacklist world because I think we agreed on that. Yeah, we, that's we agree, cool. We I agree mean, that there's got to be a Yelp world, right? Or I think there absolutely has to be a Yelp world. Yeah. At least probably just one is sufficient. I think one is fine. Yeah. Even if there are multiple ones, there can be one that we focus on. Um, I, what was the one you just brought up? Well, we talked about there being an opposite of a of a blacklist, which you said you don't think is infrastructure. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the blacklist I think is really interesting, but I'm not sure that it's widely adopted. I'm certain it exists, and I think it might be interesting if we use it in our story, like if our character is on it or something. Well, I feel like it's the only um, recourse if someone has done something bad to you. Yeah. Uh, that isn't, you know, I mean, I guess like if but they the have idea a, that people are going to be checking this and like making sure their friends aren't on it or something. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that that's the case. I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm imagining there's, there's the no. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 the reason I'm imagining it, it would exist is because there's like no, legal system there's no way to take someone to court there's no i mean there are within world within world only yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. um that i just feel like there'd be some need like people would feel wronged and they would be angry and yeah it's not for those people that i'm i understand that i definitely think there'd be people who want to like mete out retribution for perceived injustices and i buy that there's a group of people who like love justice and want and retribution and want to like run this blacklist. The people I'm not sure about are the people who are using it. Like people are going to this blacklist to do what exactly? To check. Well, it's like a background check to that's super background accessible. Check. Exactly. Right? Uh, so, so I just you, think how often are you doing a background check? Well, definitely I mean, when you hire someone, right? Maybe not. Uh, only if you hire them for something that they could really screw up or something. I mean, but I think that's because a background check is like, it's not the easy, it's, there's a little bit of friction there to do that today. Like, I feel like if all you had to do is, I mean, it's like Googling someone is the easy version of this, right? If you're going to hire someone, you're definitely going to Google them. If you go on a date with someone, you might, you're probably good chance you're going to Google them maybe. Right. Like, 
So I, 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 I think this is like makes a background check as easy as Googling someone, right? Yeah, I guess well. I'm not convinced that background checks is something a lot of people want, even if they're very easy to get. But I mean, certainly some people would want them. And I think those people would use it. I like the idea that there's like a very committed organization that really wants this blacklist to happen and is kind of working hard to try to make that a thing and try to make sure that people who are on the blacklist don't get various status enhancing things. But also... I'm not sure how well it works. I'm not sure that people. Well, I really think they're care. lobbying places to like, you know, you yeah, want to your... reject people from their worlds if yeah. they're on it and stuff. And I think some places would probably go with that, uh, but I also think a lot of places wouldn't. Um, which is okay with me. I mean, I'm I'm okay with that being a sort of fight. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm not sure that the incentive is there to really adopt the blacklist unless a lot of people start saying, well, I won't go to any worlds that have any blacklisted people in them. But again, I'm not sure why you would do that. I'm not sure that those people are such a danger to you. Um, so it's only yeah. if you really believe in this sort of just desserts, which I'm not sure a lot of people do. I mean, I, I don't personally. So Well, I, I don't, but I feel like more people do. Uh, I think there would be certain types of places where that's the dominant culture, but I, I don't know. I guess I'm not sure how much of that we would have. It's Yeah, it's tricky because we don't have anything. This is where it's not as so super analogous to right now, right? I mean, it's just because, you know, the, the kind of wrong that you can do is different and the, there's there's an absence of state power. So it's, it's, it is yeah. a much more... And the chance of recidivism is is potentially lower... I think in this world, because uh, there are so many ways you can protect yourself um, that we don't that we don't have access to here in flesh world. Right, right. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. So, me, yeah, I, I guess you're just raising a question of like, not does it exist, but like, how adopted is it? I don't know. So we can we can we don't have to like speculate on that too hard right yeah. now. I mean, but, I definitely um, could see some more dogmatic or more sort of retro worlds very aggressively adopting this and like maybe one of the characters is on this blacklist and it has not affected him until he goes and tries to, you know, visit some new worlds that he, and then all of a sudden he finds, Oh, right. There's a whole corner of the constellation that's like closed off to me now because, uh, you know, and then he has to go try to get his name cleared or whatever, you know, or something that's kind of, when I can imagine too, like, you know, this this might be a fun place for people to disagree where it's like, well, oh, did you know that guy that you're hiring, you know, before the transition happened, you, know, you can see the record, like they killed a person. Right. And you're like, yeah, I don't care. That's, right. That's the past. Like that's, that's irrelevant to me. Right. You could have, you definitely have like. You can be like, we all made mistakes, you know. <laughs> you don't, you don't have like, people representing care, both yeah. sides of that argument. <laughs> sure. Right. Like. Um, yeah. I would think that some people would be like. The past is the past. You can't really kill people now. Let's, you know, let's not worry about it. Yeah, and some people being like, no, this like, there's got to be consequences. For right. Things like that. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and in fact, that that murder means more because if that person had lived, they would be with us now for eternity. So. Right. Right. So they can so never yeah, I, pay I, back that debt, really. You know, it's like so large. Yeah. So, right. I mean, I get that that's a, that's an interesting philosophical argument. I want I think we should have that. Um, that argument in this story. Okay, so blacklist world, Yelp world, certification world. 
Uh, right. So we haven't really talked about this yet. So this is like, right, things that are university-like. So, or or school-like, maybe. Or trade more, school-like. More generally. Or, or whatever, you know, like they are... And we were talking about so this you, before. This is something you'd want to have, like, like um, certifying that you can perform a particular skill rather than something that's more of like a bundle of, you know, skills, but also obedience and conscientiousness and, you know, cultural things and stuff. Yeah, I don't think this is like, we're not talking liberal arts, right? We're right. talking like, like, you know, getting a law degree or something like and and that's where I think this yeah. would go. I think the number and kind of certification worlds would depend on like the number of kind of hyper important specialized work uh, that there is, right? So, you know, this ties into last episode, but any any job category that's in high demand and is high skill and it's very hard to judge candidates' quality. Yeah, I think that's uh, the key thing: the subjective nature of of judging the quality really makes the certification more valuable um otherwise you could just show work right like if i'm hiring a world designer i could just go to 10 worlds that they designed and by you know the same way if you're hiring a coder now you can use their software and that'll tell you a significant amount about them um but right i think for a law a lawyer or a code person for a designer stuff like that you would want to have them you know go through a practice and learn a agreed upon technique and demonstrate it as well um and i think last episode uh i don't have all this in front of me right now but we came up with some categories oh right um and i i think that would be somewhat of a guide as to what you know kinds of certifications there would be um so specialties would be right so besides designer uh there could be actor there could be various personal service things it could be yeah i think think yeah oh teaching yeah i think like the main categories are like teaching yeah designing and performance which is like acting slash moderating slash like like live stuff Mm -hmm. um but even those have specialties within them. So I think, um, you know, we don't necessarily have to figure out what all the, the schools are. Right. But I think they exist. I think there's probably three or four of them that are relevant, you know? Right, sure. Um, yeah, there's there's a league of fancy schools, you know, like we have nowadays. Um, and maybe it's not that right. many. And they but don't I have guess to I'm, be like, again, I'm, not, I'm saying schools as if they're universities, but they're not really. They're like... They're places where... Are they like the Bar Association, though? Like, are they more just like, you know... Right. There are, there are places where you take a test, and that test might be like you do something for a year, right? The test might not look like a SAT exam. Um, the test might be that you, you know, prosecute an actual case in a, like, mock court system that's been designed to uh, resemble the court system of, you know, m- many planets or something. Um, or the, 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 the test might be that you talk to your exec within this world and code it to do a particular final project that is then graded by other people who are able to then, you know, use their execs to examine your code and stuff like that. Um, but right. I, I would think it would be, uh, instruction and group projects would be available, but that the primary thing that this world would do, any of these worlds would do would be provide some kind of assessment 
um, test certification, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, and I think it would probably lean heavily towards of the of those things that we described towards like the design skill. Mm-hmm. I I think most of the schools would be different types of of world design because I just think like that's the most technically complicated. If you're designing something from like bespoke, you don't know if someone can really do it or not, unless you know maybe they've got a good Yelp score. But like if they're maybe they're young and cheap, and mm -hmm. this is sort of gives them a way in. So, like I don't think like like for acting or moderating, it just doesn't seem like you need certification as much for those. Um, oh, I don't know. I think you'd have that. I mean, there's. I think that yeah. I don't know, but I like the idea of a sort of drama slash moderation school that is really about teaching people how to live long embedded cons, right? Because <laughs> it's not right, acting I, the way we think of acting. It's not saying the lines in a play. It's like living in a world for eight years and that whole time, like playing a character or something. No, know? no, I'm not saying there aren't skills there that you would like go to school for. Yeah. I guess I'm not, I guess I, we keep saying schools, but I'm not really thinking of these as schools. I'm thinking of this about the piece of paper at the end, the certification, right? So, and and yeah but don't you think that just culturally we're so used to certification and instruction being the same institution that it would be hard to break that i mean that that would be maybe these oh, things yeah, no, start as just, i think those things still go together yeah. i just i just don't know if you're gonna hire an actor i mean like even now right like if you like let's say you like hire an actor like how and it's different today than than it is for this situation in the constellation right but right. like uh how much do you care like what acting school <laughs> they well i think to? you care a lot if they don't have a ton of credits right i mean i think that when you uh obviously credits are the most important thing for an actor and auditions still you know are important for an actor and i think you would do those things too uh but it's really hard to audition somebody for a year-long gig uh compared to a hour-long gig um so I think your credits and your education would matter. And, you know, we have specialized schools for acting and I think they would have like, I don't know. I'm imagining that one world really focuses on law code design and then another world focuses on acting and presentation and moderation because they're almost like, you know, it's like going to drama, you know, art school versus going to a university or, you know, going to a trade school versus going to a, degree program school or something yeah i guess i guess it's just a question of degree like what are the things that you know almost rise to the level of licensing right i mean you can't have like true occupational licensing in the constellation because you can't just within that. a world right 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 yeah but uh you could imagine that there are some categories where you really want like right, I mean, the other, right. and when the, it comes to talking to the exact the sort of law code aspect that is the most consequential because it's higher risk right yeah. too because like that's where you could mess things up really badly <laughs> pretty yeah, yeah, severely yeah. yeah right um so may maybe that's kind of what i'm yeah, getting yeah, at i agree I with that so that's maybe the most like maybe that school is the more prestigious school and is the more sort of difficult one or something or the one where you you know uh you only want to hire your lawyer from that school and not like one from a podunk school or something uh, 
What right. else would there be besides acting and, oh, I guess teachers. I mean, pedagogy would be the other thing that I would think there would be like a big, well-known school that's like all just about how to teach and what to teach and, you know, how to be a teacher. Because I think that would be like a, just a big part of life would be just learning things and showing them to other people. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to say four certification worlds that okay. we're going to like, there's probably more, but just like that are like, so like two are design focused, one is uh, pedagogy focused, and one is like an uh, art sort of acting and moderation, Yeah, like, uh, which I'm lumping together. There's sort of things you do live. Things right? you do live, As but especially like, I think this would would specifically focus on things that are like pretty long term, right? Like things that you that are lived in roles or like, you know, acting in moderation that you do over a long period of time. Because I think the short term acting gigs and the short term moderation gigs, I don't think you need the school for basically, but does that make sense? It's like a big commitment to have somebody, you know, doing that stuff for a long time. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that, I think, yes, I agree with that. Um, and then within, Within design, we talked about last time how there's like front end design and back end design, and then there's like guest services type stuff, mm -hmm. which is I think where some of the really tricky high stakes things come in. That's like the managing entrance contracts and stuff. Sure. So I assume like you know those are different like majors and things, right? That sure. Would exist. Or areas of expertise or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so I think that's it, right? I mean, I think that's like because um, like. To count this up, we've got Almanac World, Wiki World, SimCoin World, mm -hmm. Coke and Pepsi versions of uh, the post office of world. Yeah. Uh, we've got, you know, Coke let's say roughly four certification schools that we think are maybe important. Uh, yeah. We've got a Yelp world and maybe, then that's 10. And then we've got maybe a blacklist world that may or may not be widely adopted. That's like about 11. So like that's a pretty rich set of, of worlds. Backdrop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Score, and yeah. those schools are maybe like sort of collected into a league or something that could be referred to so that we don't have to always be, you know, those four can kind of act as one sometimes. But yeah, I like that. I think that's uh, a good number of worlds that we can probably reference and probably visit most of those during our story. And maybe with a few of them, we just hint at in dialogue. All right. So All right. we did something today. We and, did. Uh, yeah. Good for us. So uh we'll be we back next sure, time. Yeah, what we're doing, but we will we'll see you then. Either way. Yeah, we will be back with uh with more Constellation. Thanks for being with us. This has been Constellation Making the Graphic Novel. Our theme song is Pomona by Audios. To subscribe to this podcast, look us up on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher application. You can find us on Twitter or on the web at constellationpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.